welcome to the Dietitian Dad Podcast. I am Michael Murphy, father of three, registered dietitian, and your dad when it comes to weight loss, nutrition, and health. No quick fixes or easy answers here, just evidence-based advice to help you permanently change your life. Well, welcome back. So glad you are here joining me for episode number seven. Um, I am humbled. I am honored that you are listening to, to my podcast right now. I am also sunburned because I am back from the beautiful island of Maui. And I have a great episode today for you to listen to. You're really going to enjoy it. The biggest problem for me in my line of work is that I don't get to spend a ton of time with patients. So I try to be quick and get to the point. And that's the same thing when it comes to a podcast. Working with me or any dietitian uh, on a private basis is that's that's hours and hours of work that I spend on one client. So when you work with somebody like myself or somebody else like me, um, you are going to put in a lot more effort and time with that person to achieve your goals. So keep that in mind if you stumble a little bit by uh, trying to follow the principles that I teach here on this podcast. Not that you need to work with me, but know that when you are able to have that accountability and that continuing updates and continuing uh, follow-throughs, that it is somewhat better for you long-term. And really quick follow-up from last episode, and I hope you are listening to all of them in order. If you haven't heard any of the others, I would definitely recommend you go back. But the last episode was about common misconceptions that that are um, out there in the industry. And one of those was that eating breakfast or not eating breakfast. And when I asked, if you did listen, I asked that you go ahead and try to eat a larger breakfast for a month and then see how your appetite goes throughout the day, how your cravings go throughout the day. And of course, if you lose any weight doing so. Um, if you did do that, I need to hear from you and I need to know how you did. And of course, you still can do that if you didn't hear that last episode. Go a whole month, increase your morning eating, and see how that affects your, your caloric intake throughout the day and your appetite and your cravings. Hit me up, uh, dietitian underscore dad on Instagram, on TikTok. You can email me, registereddietitianmike at gmail.com as well. I would really love to hear back uh, how you did. All right, let's jump right into this, this podcast's main point, and that is the four pillars of weight loss. These are critical. These are somewhat obvious after I go over a few of them, but we're going to dive a little bit into each one. And and when you when you realize there are mainly four principles or pillars to losing weight, you can then go ahead and, and address them individually and figure out what your weakness is to then focus on that more to improve that. Number one, nutrition, obviously. Nutrition, which encompasses calories, which encompasses calories in versus calories out, and all of the other aspects that come with that, including micro and macronutrients, um, which are your, your, your micronutrients would be your vitamins, your macronutrients would be your carbohydrates, your proteins, your fats. The, we can have spend a whole podcast on nutrition, which I probably will in the future, but in terms of this podcast and how we're trying to break it down into subcategories, what is so important that you focus on, and I can't emphasize this enough, is the difference between quality calories versus overall calories. And furthermore, into that concept of, let's just say the amount of calories per half cup of food. That's the easiest way to look at this. 
a half a cup of strawberries, 40 calories, a half a cup of peanut butter, 300 calories. That's a good way to think about it. And when you're eating and you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to better your health, which is obviously very important, there's a, a fine line between those two. What I mean by that is if you can eat whatever you want to eat and you're trying to eat quote unquote healthy, you still aren't paying attention to those calories while you could still have trouble losing weight. Now, what you've done for yourself there is you've given yourself good quality calories that you're eating, and that's where the quality calories are. But overall calories are going to be still too high, so your energy in is going to be more than you expend. Therefore, you will not lose weight or you will gain weight. Now, everybody has a different amount of calories that they need to lose weight, and there are general rules you can follow based on how much you weigh. You could do a multiplier of that. I'm not going to go into that right now because some of that isn't really backed up by too much science. Um, you have to kind of experiment with your own caloric intake uh, to actually find what works for you. And that's kind of where you dive in with a dietitian and work long term with that person to help you. But if you want a general number, you can argue anywhere from 1,500 to 1,800 up to 2,200 calories depending on male, female, height, you know, size, things like that. And you can kind of start with a number there and see if you lose weight by sticking to that number. But keep in mind, you, you have to balance those quality calories versus the overall calories, meaning when you go and eat something you consider to be good for you, like olive oil, like uh, nuts or seeds, you need to account for those portion sizes and those calories. That's critical because most people that go on weight loss journeys automatically eliminate the obvious, the fast food, um, the burgers, the, the wings and, and the pizzas and the sweets and the desserts. But what they don't do is they don't focus as much on those healthier foods. One particular example would be the keto diet, obviously, because the keto diet is very generous in how much fat a person can consume. The way that balances itself is because the carbs are so low that that person can lose weight because the calorie intake will still be low from those fats because they're eating such small amounts of carbohydrates. And that's why that works. It's an avenue you can explore if you want to. I'm more of the pro balance weight loss type of guy so you know whatever works for you but we always try to look that long term most people don't they look at just the next few weeks i'm looking down the road in a couple of years to make sure that you can finally lose this weight and keep it off to keep this section from running on too long after we talk about quality calories versus overall calories the second most important thing in my opinion is your intake of water and and that's again something you've heard over and over again but i I hope I'm the voice in your head that will now finally get you, if you are if you are needing to, get you to finally drink a ton of water a day. What do I mean by a ton? It's really based on your body weight. But if you're drinking not much water, let's say 30 ounces a day, double it. You don't need 300 ounces. You don't need two gallons of water. But try to double it if you don't consider yourself a big water drinker. And you can count anything that is fluid. You don't have to have just straight water, by the way. Um, just doing that, although it will make you go to the bathroom more and be annoying, over time, you have to give it time, it will sh uh, show dividends. It will, you will see the results in terms of the weight loss and how you feel and um, how you process your foods, um, bowel movements, all that good stuff. Uh, just water is, is so important. And again, I know you know it, but I'm here to remind you, try it again. And really dedicate your time to drinking the water. And this, this moves me into the third and final part of this nutrition. 
And that is a concept that I've created and I preach, which I find works really well with my clients. And basically what this is, is dividing your 24-hour day up into three sections minus your sleeping time. Um, we're going to go with 18 hours divided by three, which is six-hour sections. And most of the time, for most people that don't work nights, can do a 6 a.m. to noon. That's that's the first section. The second one will be noon to six, of course, and the third one will be six to midnight. And what this does is this, instead of your day um, instead of you losing ground on your day where it just becomes a jumbled mess of busyness, you have now separated your day, one day, now into basically three days. This works so well for entrepreneurs or people who try to get more things done because they're able to then focus on um, blocks of time. And um, it's something really well to do. So we, we I wanted to incorporate this into your nutrition, into your weight loss, into your diet. So you take your 6 a.m. to noon. And if it's about calorie intake, you give yourself an allotment of calories. You then do the same thing in the second block and the third block. And you identify which of those three blocks are the hardest for you in terms of cravings, in terms of getting into some trouble. Uh, maybe you're busy at work throughout the afternoon and you tend to kind of mindlessly eat. So now you just focus your effort on that six-hour block because the other two blocks you feel like you don't have to worry about. Um, obviously fit in your exercise time in one of those three blocks and you dedicate your time to doing so. Getting your water intake broken into three blocks, meaning if you struggle getting 100 ounces, your goal is to get 33 ounces per block of time. And I know it sounds like a lot of work, but you know what? After, let's say, I, I'll give yourself about a month of dedicating yourself. It'll, it'll just be as automatic as you showering, brushing your teeth, getting ready for work. You will drink your water. You will eat what you need to eat. You won't succumb to cravings as much. And the long-term payoff is substantial. So if anything you get from this podcast, I want you to remember that. It's going to take, you're going to have to dive in and do it. You can journal it. You can write down your plan. You can work with me on it. But it has proven to be a very successful concept for me and my clients. All right, let's get into number two. Number two is also something that I could spend three days on. So we got to jump into the, the main parts of this. And I want to say that I am a dietitian. I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. So I have to tread lightly here. I don't want to give any, any information out there that would be kind of, that would lead you down a, the wrong path. Um, but the number two one is the mental game. Mental dietitians should be therapists because we we have that crosses that line all of the time. Um, there should be more training for us in school, but there are very good weight loss therapy um, people probably near you somewhere. I know a few of myself in the Phoenix area where I can refer if you do need some help there. So I do highly recommend you consult a therapist, um, somebody who specializes in weight loss or weight management to help you. Um, if you feel like the mental game of yours is really needing um, of some help. So what I would recommend for the mental part is the first thing you got to get every, your thoughts and feelings down in a journal. The more you confront them, the easier they are to kind of feel like they're more realistic and, and the, the, the easier they are to kind of deal with. So not only journaling your feelings and emotions around foods, but also your feelings and emotions around um, your I'm sorry, your feelings about hunger and your feelings about how satiated you feel after eating 
and using the hunger scale and figuring out, again, with that block of time, what parts of the day are the worst for you and why you eat. I mean, the, it goes on and on. You, you Just the more you write, the better off you'll be. A big part of who we are is how we were raised in many aspects, especially in our food, how we prepare meals, how we eat food, seeing our family members celebrate. And as we get into our adulthood, we and I see this a lot, is, you know, a good example would be somebody who was in the military. Um, that's ingrained in them to eat fast. It's very hard to stop eating fast because they were in the military when they were young. Um, somebody who had a lot of brothers and sisters were fighting for food, so they would, they would, you know, again, eat really, really fast. Or somebody whose uh, parents used food as a, um, uh, a tool of a reward or of punishment would then be ingrained as they got older as well. So it's definitely um, something that we have to deal with as adults. And I would challenge all of you to dive into those thoughts and, and try to remember back to your childhood. You may not even realize how much that has affected you until you really, really think about it. Okay, one very important thing that I really recommend is that you have a goal. Always have a goal. It's It doesn't matter how far or how far you've come, how healthy you are how much weight you've lost or need to lose. You need to always push yourself to have something to reach for. And oftentimes what we tend to do is when we start losing weight or start changing things, we only address that physical portion. We start working out more. We start trying to shoot for a faster time before we change our mental, um, our mental habits. And that is sometimes a mistake. Addressing your mental first before the physical, or at least at the same time, actually is probably going to help you much, much greater in the long run. With my patients at my Weight Loss Institute, I do monthly challenges with them. And these challenges are open to patients who've had surgery over 10 years ago to the ones who um, are just getting started. And the response is unbelievable to these challenges. And the reason why is because no matter where my patients are, even if they're at a goal, they they love knowing there's something to, to work towards. And, I, and that's just human nature. So by me challenging them, they don't have to think about it. They just kind of do what I tell them to do, basically. And do they always succeed 100%? They don't. But we do another challenge and then another challenge. And we keep doing these. And it keeps people on their toes. If you don't have a dietitian to challenge you, then you can make up your own challenges or work with a group of people. And the last thing I want to talk about in terms of the mental part of this is uh, basically manipulation of the subconscious mind through affirmations and visualization. And I want to give credit to somebody that I've followed for a long time, named a man named Tom Venuto, V as in Victor, E-N-U-T-O. And he is some he's an author, a former bodybuilder, um, really, really great ideas in the world of weight loss. And one of one of the things he talks about, and obviously what he's saying isn't revolutionary. He, there are other people who've espoused on this belief, but it's really, trans, it's really transformed me in my personal life, and it's really helped me in terms of those daily affirmations, which, which let's face it, some people think are kind of hokey, if you want to use that hokey word. Um, you know, over and over saying to yourself things, um, looking in the mirror and talking to yourself, putting sticky notes on your mirror with um, what you want to accomplish for that day or for that year and consistently over and over again telling your your mind, which let's face it, you're diving into that subconscious mind, what you want to get done. 
And not only that, but you're also going to want to visualize it. And let me give you one example of what, what I did. In my world of weight loss, oh, I'm sorry, in my area of strength training, I have found myself hitting plateaus often. And um, what was most frustrating for me was a certain amount of weight I was trying to lift on a bench press. And no matter how many years I would train, um, not having a, a training partner was hard because I didn't have someone to help me spot. So I would use uh, a ton of techniques to try to get stronger and try to lift a little heavier. Not that I was trying to break any records, but it was just a personal goal to get up 225 pounds uh, 10 times on the bench press. And I was never really a very strong guy to begin with. So um, I found I started using the technique of visualization that, that Tom would preach and starting to think in my head about lifting that weight but really, really thinking about it, not just on the surface, but visualizing myself doing it. And um, by doing that over and over again, I would find that when I started lifting that weight, I felt like it was a little bit lighter and I was able to get up just a little bit more easy to eventually to the point where I did reach my goal and I was blown away. Now, would I have reached it without the visualization? Maybe, but I highly doubt it. I really do think that that worked for me. Not only that, but I do practice those affirmations and that's what keeps me going every day and I highly recommend you do it there's a lot of work to be done there it takes time you have to get up every day and focus on your goals so that visualization is basically going to work by opening or closing your eyes preferably closed you want to create a mental picture almost like running a movie of that desired end result over and over throughout your head if you do that consistently and you use mental images and they will be accepted by your subconscious as directives to be carried out, this is going to help change your habits, your behavior, and ultimately your performance as it did mine. This is used in elite athletes, so it's really something that's not hokey. It, it does work. Um, it's always being changed. It's always being the rules are not constantly the same on these. So, you know, new techniques are being discussed and there's always, I'm always looking for new um, papers written about it, but that's kind of the general way you want to do it. Okay, let's move on to the last two. And those are kind of the same in that they both encompass exercise, but we break those down into two separate categories, one being cardiovascular exercise and the other being strength training exercise. Um, so when it comes to those two things, it's important to try to master both, not just cardio only and not just strength training only. Trying to get both of these um, where you are confident in what you're doing and that it's working for you in terms of your health and your weight loss. This requires a little bit of experimentation, some research, um, working with possibly a, a person that is an expert in the field of um, uh, strength training or, or, or cardiovascular training. Um, there are people that can help you there. Um, but anyways, these are things that you have to be doing. You have to be engaging in cardiovascular exercise, which is um, aerobic, and then you have to use anaerobic, which is mostly strength training. You can combine the two into one perfect exercise for an hour if you want to, but if you're doing only one and not the other, or you're doing neither, then this is your reminder to seek help in, in getting these things done. So to summarize, you have the nutrition, you have the mental, you have the cardio, and you have the strength training. What I want you to do after listen, listening to this podcast is I want you to write those down. 
And I want you to give yourself what you consider is a, a, a grade. Grade yourself on each of those four. Do your best. Um, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be too easy on yourself. You might, you might have an A, maybe an A minus in one of them. Um, nobody's ever going to be perfect. But what I want you to do is find where you gave yourself the lowest grade. Maybe a C, a D, maybe a B minus. That's where I want you to start. I want you to focus on bringing that grade up. But the problem is you can't just focus on one of those. They all four have to be working for you. So you still have to keep the other ones going while you're working on your weak point. Once you bring that weak point up, you attack the second weak point. Again, you're never going to have them all four mastered at one time. Nobody does. But if we can give at least give some B grades to all four, or B pluses, or even A minuses, I can almost guarantee you that you will be seeing results, losing weight, getting better health. Um, you know, if you don't have any weight to lose, but get those four mastered. Let me know how you do. Let me know if you have any questions, and we'll uh, hopefully address a little bit more about this at the next podcast. Again, I appreciate you listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you next time. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dietitian underscore dad while you wait for the next episode to drop. And remember, permanent changes lead to permanent results.